What's going on, football fans? It's me, J.R. Clark, back with another Pound for Pound ATL Live. Joined this week by my main man, Jonathan Holder. And, uh, man, what's going on, Jonathan? How are you, sir? Man, I, I tried to tell my job that I got something important I got to do, and they just they were not wanting to be like cooperative with it, but I finally talked them into it. There you go. I'm glad to hear <laughs> that. Same same here, you know, kind of telling folks, hey, look, man, it's Tuesday. It's, it's showtime. You know, there's exactly. things we got to do, things we got to handle. And uh, and especially, you know, with the deal of needing to, like, sorry, a message just popped up. But anyway, needing to, like, talk about the things that, that are transpiring this week. We got a lot of some sad, a lot of wild, some glad, and just some just interesting things that, that we you know, got to get into. So I guess without much further ado, we might as well just jump on into it. What do you think? Absolutely. I'm so ready. This. As you can see, we're trying a new format and that time I was straight <laughs> up and down, straight up and down, cut you off. And which Until I, yeah, you told me you told me about that, and I was just like, blah, 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 and, and then you, all of a sudden it cuts off, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> straight up and down. You know, we've always like tried to be. Uh, yeah, I see that the Streamlabs. Uh, I thought I had disabled the Streamlabs chatbot thing. I will fix that. So my apologies on the Streamlabs deal. Uh, so please, who like Dre Murphy. Don't think I'm again. Don't think I'm I'm going off. I thought I had disabled that because our good buddy Bradley Burnett is is actually in here as our moderator. Uh, so my apologies. Um, Nick, you're right. Like straight up down. I'm just gonna go ahead and jump into that part. He says not the same without Toby. You're right. It's not the same, and it's not gonna right. be the same. It's not uh, things aren't meant to stay the exact same. Um, first and foremost, we want to thank Toby for everything that he's done for this channel. Um, if it wasn't for him in a lot of ways, this channel wouldn't be going. Uh, he's the one that reached out to me, you know, six years ago and, uh, you know, decided to join forces and what then became obviously pound for pound. And, but as all things like, you know, come and go, things change. A lot of y'all saw his video that that went out on Sunday of him you know, explaining that it was just time for him to step away. There was absolutely, like, nobody asked him to leave. As a matter of fact, it was the exact opposite. I tried to convince him a few times to stick around. Um, but as y'all probably figured out, that's one reason why uh, Jonathan was brought on. This was not a quick decision by Toby's part. Um, so for the foreseeable future, it's going to be me and Jonathan holding it down. We're going to like take y'all through the off season and, uh, get into like the draft and all, you know, free agent signing and all that good fun stuff. Uh, but Toby wanted me to make sure that y'all knew that he appreciated all the messages that was, that were left in that video or comments. Like he felt the love and he very, very much appreciated it. I remember first meeting him. Uh, it was at um, 
uh, training camp. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I remember meeting him for the first time at training camp. Uh, he told me about uh, getting set up for, you know, you were trying to get set, uh, set up to do like YouTube videos and all that stuff. That was years ago. And, and I, and, and he was, he's been a cool guy ever since I've never had a problem. You know, oh, yeah. he, he's just been a really nice guy to, to hang out with, chat with, especially talk football with. So, yeah, he's like I said, he's going to be missed. His insights going to be missed. His uh, unique perspective, the you know think tank type videos that that he did, especially during the off season, uh, he is definitely going to be missed around the pound for pound parts and around the family. But um, we're gonna you know we're gonna try to bring a not not trying to reinvent the wheel per se, um, but. As with new people, you're going to get new perspectives. And I think that that's important. Because uh, one thing we try not to do around here is create an echo chamber. Um, you know, as we go through the off yeah. season, we're going to have different guests on who are going to bring different perspectives. And so, yeah, it's uh, I, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And, you know, like Bradley says, I'm going to miss Toby, but, you know, we're in good hands. And I, th- and I feel like, like, yeah, I think – I still feel like I got something I can bring. Obviously, going to be, uh, you know, going down to the Senior Bowl here in a couple weeks, bringing you know that kind of draft perspective. So yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we have switched to a new platform. We're on Streamyards now. Uh, the one app that we were using uh, was giving me fits, and the show that we tried to record with Eric Robinson. Absolutely went off the rails, and just like with OBS before it, that was the last draw. Uh, yep. So now we're on StreamYard, and we'll see how this goes. So I don't have the cool, fun air horn anymore, which kind of sucks. But what? If we bear, 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 bear. Yeah, just, I'll be the air horn. You'll be there. I'll be the air horn. I'll be the air horn. <laughs> Wound Carter tipped us five dollars, which we appreciate. He says, bear, 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 bear. "There you go, rise up, pound, pound family." Glad to be here, nice as usual. Also, want to say thank you, Toby D, for your contribution to the town channel. Right, we very much like. I don't know if there's ever going to be, uh, you know, enough way enough thanking, but you know, it's uh, yeah, he knows that we love him. Uh, Dre Murphy just added uh, uh, Toby, the total opposite of Tom freaking Brady. <laughs> and then family, not over football. Uh, your family first, though. Yeah, that, that, that's the funny thing. I, I saw I saw, I, I saw a guy today. I was uh, watching the Pat McAfee show, uh, and they brought on um, the guy from the Pewter Report okay. uh, for, for Tampa Bay. And, you know, I just thought it was hilarious. You know, it's obviously the situation there, but it's like, you know, he went through his divorce this year and now he's like, uh, the guy was like, you know, and Tom, this offseason, you know, he, he had the divorce, you know, he doesn't have to check in with the wife. He doesn't have to talk, you know, you know, you know, is it okay if I continue to play football? You know, this, that, that. I'm like, what? No, <laughs> come on. Well, I heard somebody say, and we'll get into this as we roll through the topics or whatever, but I heard somebody say the man chose football over his family and ended up uh, barely winning the NFC South and getting bounced in the first round after having his worst year ever. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that sucks for him, but that's the yep. way, definitely the way it appeared. Yeah. You know, um, and, and if he, if he, if I, if he, especially if he comes back with Tampa Bay, um, uh, Man's gonna be almost forty-seven years old. 
I just, I just don't see it. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're going to get into that here in a minute, but yeah, I, I completely agree. Millie asked a real quick question. Said, hey, Jarrell, what's up with Mike and Jimmy? Are they doing good as well? As far as I know, the last couple times I touched base with them, they, they seem to be doing pretty good. Um, you know, uh, Mike's moving up the corporate ladder, uh, to my understanding. And Jimmy had a little bit of a, you know, shake up, but I think he's stabling back out now. Uh, so, which is good. You know, the, he, he, they are both in a very positive, positive light. Uh, good deal. So we, we definitely wish those guys, are you ready for your air horn, bro? Uh, Willie Doc just took it off. He says, baller, Paul, ballers and fallers playoff edition. Baller, Toby. Uh, see, it should have been Toby. Uh, enough said. Faller, the entire NFC South team, finishing with uh, 10 losses. Yikes. Honorable mentions, Jags wins, uh, Quinn slash Falcons beating Brady. Those are good. Like I said, I just need to, like, the Ballers is brought to you again this week by Willie Doc. Uh, Ballers and Ballers. So I guess we'll go ahead and get into that. Couldn't do it without you, Willie. That's right. This time I don't have the cool slideshow because I didn't think about it until way too late. So (laughs) (laughs) your baller is Trevor Lawrence. Like, he could have easily also been a faller with four interceptions in the first half, but three in the first quarter. Right. But to Whoa. erase a 27 point deficit was absolutely yeah. crazy. Uh, you know, that's the biggest uh, deficit overcome in a playoff. I guess, which ain't anymore. Eh. Anyway, uh, yep. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I went to bed on that game and I oh, said, yeah. you know, I was like, well, dang, I said, because, you know, I put out a little prediction short on a Saturday morning, and the Jags was one of the ones I predicted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I predicted that they were running a hot streak. Uh, a lot of times in the playoffs, it's all about getting hot at the right time. And, you know, I figured they would handle the Chargers. When then after, like I said, after that first half, I was like, good Lord, this is, this is yep, mm-hmm. prediction busted right here. Yep. And... Uh, but I woke up the next morning, 31 30 and, and watched that fourth quarter. And I was like, Holy Pete. Um, I still haven't got around to watching it, but yeah, I, I just picked it up at like, it was basically midnight and I just picked it up my phone. and was like, let me just check the score. See, see what the final score was. And I saw Jags stun chargers. And I was like, excuse me. Yeah. What? <laughs> but in on the heels of, of the Jags stun and the chargers today got announced that, they have fired their OC and their uh, um, and their passing game coordinator. Real quick, until I can disable this, y'all disregard the stream stream labs messages. Y'all keep posting what you're posting. It's fine. Um, the stream lab thing. I, I, like I said, I thought I had it disabled. I guess I didn't. Uh, that's that's my apologies, Je- uh, Jarek. But you you're okay. Anyway, but uh, yeah, the the Chargers fired their OC. Uh, Joe Lombardi and their uh, passing game coordinator um, because like the average depth of pass for, for Justin Herbert was like next to nothing. Uh, and a mm-hmm. guy with the kind of arm talent that Justin Herbert has, that's like, that's, that's ridiculous that you're throwing like all your concepts are like short passes. Um, So, but anyway, that was an interesting game. There could have been many, uh, many other ballers from the playoff edition, but uh, I definitely decided to give it to Trevor Lawrence as he's starting to really show that he was a uh, worth that first overall pick uh, a few yep. last. 
Um, like, I, like he he could he could come he could come in next week and and lay an egg, but still like I still think if I, like it, if I was a Jaguars fan, I'd I would be like right, all right, all right, I feel, you know, feeling it, good, you know, feeling yes. good. Yes. Um, let's see, and our follower obviously is Tom Brady. <laughs> yes, my God, did that man look old? And he looked oh all God. of his forty five years old. I I, st- I still can't say I still can't tell if that pick he threw in the end zone was him trying to throw it away and he couldn't, or if he thought a guy was going to go across the back line. I don't I st- know. I'm still, I'm still not hundred percent sure. I've watched that particular play like three or four times. Just looking at it. Like this is so beautiful. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. So. Are you ready for your another brown, brown, brown? Uh, Fred bus tipped us $2. <laughs> he says, putting y'all on the spot is Ritter the starter. Yes. As of today, I'm saying yes. I'm saying Ritter is a starter in 23. We're gonna we're that that's you know part of our topics and stuff like that. But as of right now, I am saying that Ritter is a starter. Um, so yeah, uh, Tom Brady, he goes into the offseason being a free agent. Um, his last year, his last year, his deal voids uh, the start of the new year, which will leave uh, Tampa Bay with a uh, huge dead cap hit for him. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. If he decides to retire, Tampa Bay can then spread it out. But if he wants to play again, Tampa Bay has got to eat all that money. And that's going to be an interesting, like somebody said earlier, let's see if I can find it again. Somebody made a comment. It may have been Nick that the NFC South is wide open and he's a hundred percent right. Uh, the NFC South is wide open. Oh and yeah. There's there's no um, there's no reason to think even with like Ritter as your starter next year that you shouldn't be able to come in and immediately compete for the NFC South. Hell, you competed for it this year with yeah. the roster and that we had. Even if Brady comes back, uh, like I, I still say, this is a uh, Assuming the Falcons do the do, you know, obviously they're not going to get every free agent we want, right. but if they, if they do the right thing, they, they personally don't go after Lamar. Like <laughs> I know, I know that's going to be a topic. I know that, you know, oh, yeah, we're gonna get gonna, there. but don't do that. Just let just build that defense, build your offense, uh, you know, build it as a bubble to protect Ritter and, or, uh, you know, whether it's Ritter or whoever we may draft the following year or a free agent that we pick up or whatever, but make it so that the entire team around your QB is makes it so that the QB doesn't quite matter as much. Right. You know, it, it's not the, okay, if your quarterback is, I mean, try to be like San Francisco, whether you got Garoppolo or Purdy, that team still just bowls over people. Right. Uh, yep. So try try to be that team uh, if you can. Uh, it's not easy. It takes years of good drafting and all that stuff. But try to be that. That's yeah. That's definitely the thing. Is like what we want to establish is you know the the culture of, of building the team, of being able to draft, of being able to to bring in the right guys. Those are the kind of things that that I want to build. And if this is what uh, Fontenot's been able to do with bargain bin shopping and has yeah. produced like this level of team. 
and this coaching staff has been able to produce seven wins with this level of team, I'm excited to see what another year of drafting and more capital to spend in the offseason brings to Atlanta. Um, so, but like continuing on with the wild card weekend, uh, mm-hmm. we saw like a lot of very interesting things. You know, I want to like briefly speak on like, you know, the Huntley fumble. That was crazy. Like Sam Hubbard yep. returning that. And also like the Buffalo game with Skylar Thompson, right? Mm-hmm. That came down to the wire. Now, do you think that that was just, uh, do you think that that was just more of like familiarity in those situations? Because the Baltimore and Bengals had played each other three times and the week before. And then the same deal with the Dolphins and the Bills being divisional rivals. They played three times. So do those close games like better represent to you like the idea that these teams are playing each other a lot and so therefore you get a better handle on what they're trying to do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, I mean, because you think about it, how many times have we seen, even in the heyday of the Patriots when they were just ro- steamrolling people, uh, and they would steamroll most of the, the the AFC East, but then you would get like the weird games where the Dolphins would would uh, like either play them super tough, super close, right. or beat them, sometimes even sweep them in years where like that, that may be the only two losses they had all season was to the Dolphins who probably stunk the rest of the year. You know, and and the Falcons and Saints games, uh, even when the Saints are are were big time players, uh, you know, and they were winning, you know, 12, you know, 11, 12 games in a season. Most of the times, the the games between us were always pretty close. Either they were, you know, uh, you know, 21, 24 or they were like 30 something to 30 something. You know, it was, uh, you know, just the it just kept going back and forth. And uh, so when you have those divisional opponents that you play so many times, you just get to know all their little tendencies and all their little tweaks, the the, yep. the little ticks, the the things that they do that kind of tip them off. Uh, it's just really hard to play the same team multiple times and it not turn into the kind of games we saw against Buffalo, you know, Buffalo and Miami and uh, the AFC North matchup. Yeah. The so, Baltimore and, and, and Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that I found interesting because like you had a, you know, like you had a, a third round, not third round. You had a third string quarterback who I think it only played one or maybe two other games come in for the dolphins and actually look competent, uh, which yeah. was interesting. Um, like, we talked, you know, I've already kind of talked about uh, Brady's collapse a little bit, and we can go back to that if we want to, but this kind of segues into what I want to talk about with, like, the state of the NFL quarterback right now. Uh, you have, you know, guys like out there in, in San Francisco, you have Brock Purdy, who hasn't lost yet uh, yeah. since he's been uh, instated as a starter. You have guys like, you know, Skylar Thompson, who I think is a seventh-round pick or even undrafted, you know, having some success that who knows how long prolonged it's going to be. Uh, but then also like you have reclamation projects like Geno Smith up there in Seattle, like setting franchise records. Uh, so it really seems like in a year that the second overall pick from last year gets benched for a CFL quarterback up there in 
you know, New Jersey with the Jets and like the, you know, the old guard passing away in a sense of Brady and Rogers. Also, you could throw Ryan in there. Like, it's interesting to see where the NFL quarterback is and what do you think this might do to quarterback evaluations? Even like pacing in our own situation here with Ritter in the third round. Yeah, it's uh, the one th- I mean, is, this is not like some super insightful comment. The one thing you'll see uh, that you see with all almost all the guys that are remaining, if not all the guys that are remaining in the, the playoffs is, uh, you know, athleticism, not necessarily running quarterbacks, right. but guys who can move around the pocket really well, guys who can, uh, you know, escape pressure, extend plays. Uh, it's not necessarily the Lamar Jacksons, the, you know, the Justin Fields who, uh, you know, Justin Fields, I think more because he doesn't really have the, the, the team around him. Right. Um, like he don't really have much of an option. No, but, but, you know, this, but especially like Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson is a quarterback slash running back. Not right. trying, I'm not trying to say he's a bad quarterback. He's not, but he, he, you know, much more so than probably any other quarterback, maybe besides Josh Allen. Um, it, it probably like has like plays that are specifically built for him to run the ball. Right. Um, if you don't count Taysom Hill and I don't, he's, he's a gadget. Like I don't count a, him as a quarterback. A, he's like, a gadget guy, but if he was the answer, they never would have brought in Andy Dalton. Yeah. So, you know, but, but you see that, uh, I, I think that's what you're going to be seeing uh, is a lot of guys maybe even taking chances on some quarterbacks that uh, maybe in years past, either might've gone undrafted uh, mm. potentially uh, maybe rising up the boards a little bit because they feel, especially if the, the, the organization feels like they have good coaching in place to coach this guy up as far as how to be a good quarterback in the NFL, how to, you know, uh, you know, how to, you know, maybe to a good way for him to learn how to do like have that in anticipation. Although mm. some of that's probably just innate, but it can still be taught like, you know, yeah, it's something that you can still work on. Exactly. So, like, but, but but what you can't do is you can't make Ryan into uh, into a Mariota as far as no, like athleticism. Goes. Yeah, yeah, the athleticism athleticism if it's there, you can work with that to do other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas you know, if you're a statue back there like a Brady, like a Ryan, and you've been that way from day one, and that's just who you are. They can't just say. Hey, we're going to teach you how to run around and escape the pocket and, and make these Patrick Mahomes type stuff. You, you just can't. Um, and so I think that's that athleticism is going to be a bigger and bigger part. Uh, and I think we're starting to see also some of the uh, like the running game coming back into the NFL. Yes. In a big way. In a that's big way. like, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to cut you off, but oh, you're fine. Like that's, that's something that like I'm legitimately hearing this off season. Like I know that that's a video coming down the pipeline, the mm. the resurgence of the run game. It's the it's the punch and counter punch of the NFL. Yep. You know, the offenses went like five like five wide, spread the field, verticals, all that jazz, and you know defenses answered with nickel packages, dime packages, you know drop eights, things like that. That was their answer to it, and now it's like all right, I'm going to get you in this look. 
and I'm going to do it with heavier personnel that, that I can spread you out with, get you in this nickel look and then start pounding the ball. Yep. You know, and, 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 and if, and if you're running, if you can, if you can get a good running game going, you can then also afford to have a guy come in and not have to be a Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, whatever, right from the start, you could take a guy, develop him to be your quarterback uh, of the future while he can lean on the, the the running game early on and and not have to be the guy that carries the team. Well, and and like I mean, take take last night's game, for example, or last night's game for you know, for proof. Like you're asking Tom Brady at 45 years old to throw 65 times. That's not a winning formula. You don't want that's, Tom Brady at 25 to throw 65 times. That's, what I'm saying. Like, that's not a winning formula. And yeah. so it's just interesting to see, like the, like I said, the punch and the counterpunch. Here's a, a question that I that I've been thinking about. MJ asks, I wonder if 49ers decide to roll with Brock Purdy, uh, would we be interested in maybe trading for Trey Lance? There were rumors that we were interested in him two years ago. I'll say this: we were definitely. It was not rumors. Like San Francisco jumped us for a reason. Like you don't go up that high if you don't think you need to. Then during Trey Lance's pro day, he put him pretty much ran Arthur Smith's playbook. Like, you know, Arthur Smith more or less fed him the playbook and said, this is what I'd like to see you run. Like if he had been there, like we would have Trey Lance on our roster, not Kyle Pitts. I more than, you know, have absolutely believe that. Now the question would be, do they give up a draft pick to get him? And, that's going to be the interesting part because here's the deal. If if Brock Purdy takes San Francisco to the Super Bowl and potentially wins it, mm-hmm. like you go and look at Trey Lance's first four games and stat-wise, they're worse than Ritter's. Oh, yeah. Now, you could say, hey, look, he was still learning, all this other jazz. Uh, which still trying to get his feet wet, but now you have Brock Purdy who came in and hit the ground running. Yep. So it's going to be real interesting. Somebody said earlier, way up in the, before the show even got started, it's going to be an interesting offseason. Yes, very much going to be an interesting offseason. Um, yes. Bradley says the asking price for Trey will be high, and from what I'm seeing him struggling in Kyle's offense, I'm not sure we'd be interested in it at this point. That is that is a true. Like that's not that's not a false statement. Uh, Joe follows it up with Trey Lance has not played football more or less in the last three years. You are starting from scratch with him again. Yep. Totally agree. I'm just telling you that uh, the year he was coming out, like the Falcons, had he been on the board, the Falcons would have he'd have been in a, in red and black, like straight yeah. up. And if we and if we had gotten him then, who knows what he'd be now, right? Yeah, there's, right. There's exactly. no there's no telling because then he he sits for he sits for a year in Arthur Smith's uh, offense, soaking all that in that he already you know did a really good job with at the combine and and pro days and stuff, uh, and then you know then he gets to sit behind Matt Ryan, who regardless of what you think of him as a quarterback on the field, uh, the guy's a, a a consummate professional. Uh, classy as hell, and yep. he and he, you know, he knows how to be a pro. 
And that's the thing that you want your guy to teach. You don't necessarily have to like take him under his wing and like, you know, try to help him with his mechanics and things like that. They got coaches for that. Right. Having him be the example to like, this is how you prepare. This is how you watch film properly. Here's what, how you, you know, here's how you do the job. Hmm. Like the, the, the game on Sunday. Yeah. That's the thing everybody sees, but the job of an NFL player is through the week, getting prepared, watching that film, taking good notes, uh, you know, and being prepared for what that team and put all that work in there. And then you go have fun on Sunday. Sunday's the fun part. The other part is the work part. Right. Uh, right. 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 So, uh, but so learning how to, how to be a pro would have been helpful. I, you know, I don't know what happened in San Francisco. I don't, you know, how much of that he had, didn't have, who knows. Right. Uh, but, but, but yeah, if he did come in day one into this system, maybe he's in a better spot. Who knows? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I completely agree uh, that no telling. And honestly, I'll say this. If it's, uh, you know, if it's me, I've already had Ritter in my system for a year, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that I would, uh, um, I think I would just kind of stick with him at least in 23. Because uh, whatever, because of how much San Francisco had to give up for Trey Lance, you're not going to get him for just a straight one-round pick, a first-round pick. So then, to me, at that point, it becomes too high for not knowing exactly how his medical recovery has gone from that ankle injury because it kept him out all year. So um, no telling, you know, uh, what that medical looks like, how he's going to, like, bounce back from that. So... For me, I you know I would just I would stick with what I had, and that, and Absolutely. for you know that goes as much you know for Lamar as well. Um, let's see, Millie says, uh, but if Terry F. Baby makes this uh, Lamar BS happen, <laughs> we can kiss Lance goodbye. Oh yeah, no. If if you pull the trigger on that, no, then that's that's yeah. that's your play. You know, yeah. to me, you feel like if you're play if you're making that play for Lamar, which is extremely interesting the way this is setting up. Because he didn't travel with the team, and now we'll get into yeah, I'm gonna get into all that. It first got like reported that he just didn't travel with the team, and nothing else really came out about it. Now you're getting reports that he was sick, and that's why he didn't travel with the team. Uh, So who knows what's actually going on? But if it's a deal where like the raw emotions from the uh, Ravens players. After that, uh, uh, after that game, after that loss to the Bengals, especially J.K. Dobbins, like that was that was interesting. Like talking about how Huntley shouldn't have been in that situation. Now, you know, he was also, I think, advocating for him to get the ball more. Yep. In that, but there's definitely like some 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 ish brewing in in Baltimore. So I like. Here's what I'll say. As far as I know, now this is just what I have heard and read. Yes, did he was he did he travel with the team this past weekend? No. Since his injury, has he traveled with the team when they've gone on away games? No. Like so, this is not a this new. time it happened. It's, it's not a new thing, and especially when it comes to knee stuff. Uh, I know with like ligament uh, damage stuff. I know a lot of times a lot of players will not travel with the team because flying 
can cause swelling and can, and can you right. know, potentially cause some setbacks with knee injuries specifically. So now I'm not saying there's not a falling out between Baltimore and, and Lamar, but the, I don't think that that, I don't think uh, just him not traveling with the team <clears throat> is any indication of that. Uh, I, I, I think the indication is that uh, like, you know, he's putting out stuff about if you want if you wanted to point at any one thing and say that's some indication was his uh, I think it was Instagram uh, where he's like you know take care of the things that you that you cherish yeah, and, the things you have and uh, yeah and, you and then, yeah and then they'll take care of you or something like that if you want to look at that and say there's right. some stuff brewing okay I can get behind that but just him not traveling with the team the people that are trying to say like the, that's that's so weird. It's like, no, right. he never, he didn't travel with the team before the playoffs, uh, whenever they went on the road. So now here's the thing. I'm going to put up two, two quotes back to back, which are two statements, which go along with what we're talking about here. Uh, Josh says Lamar did the right thing. Money comes before uh teammate. Sorry. There's an aspect of that, that I understand and like agree with. And I, and I will get, I want to roll up all this into one. He also followed up with, if the Ravens wanted to pay him, they would have gotten it done. I would have already gotten it done. Lamar took his power back. Now here's what, like in those two deals there, I will say this. I very rarely will you ever hear me like try to get into the pocketbooks of a, of a player because ultimately at the end of the day, these guys have short careers you know, in the grand scheme of things, I am turning 40 this year and I have already been on my job for 20 years. NFL players don't get that. Now, granted, I don't make the money they do. Obviously I'm just talking about longevity. I'm not talking about compensation. So for them, they have to try to get as much as they can as soon as they can, because like, just like with RG three, you never know when it's going to end for you. Okay. Yep. You never know when it's like when you're going to be on the sideline. So in that aspect, and and for players, there is not too many times in their career that they end up with the leverage. That's not the way it's designed. That's not the way it's been built. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I'll say this: they agree to it in the CBAs. So in that aspect, I don't feel bad for them. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, but then that's also their CBA uh, leaders not right. being as. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. But 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 but, but right. at the end of the day, they do they do end right. Up saying, they do they do go into it with that full knowledge of yep. this is so when they do get the opportunity to express some kind of like say in what they you know in what they get in what they where they play and things like that, I'm not going even if it's a situation that I don't like, I'm not going to sit there and really fault them for it. Now, yeah. Bradley adds like. Uh, Lamar turned down a $230 million extension to my knowledge. Uh, nothing wrong with that, but ATL doesn't need that right now. I agree with that statement. Like if he turned it down because he saw what Deshaun Watson got and fully guaranteed, and he said, that's what I want. And he's representing himself. Then he's betting on himself. And, mm-hmm. you know, if another team wants to give him fully guaranteed what he's looking for, I ain't saying he don't deserve it. I ain't saying he does deserve it. I'm saying that he is betting on himself and more than likely what's been rumored right now is a tag and trade situation as to where they don't use, they use a non-exclusive franchise tag on him, which basically 
what the Ravens are, are saying is, okay, look, this is what we're willing to pay you. You're looking for a fully guaranteed deal. I don't think you're going to get it. I'm pretty sure the rest of the league isn't going to give it to you. So here's the opportunity for somebody else to offer it to you. Because that's the deal with the exclusive right or non-exclusive right. What the Ravens would have is the right to match an offer. So, you know, if say if say the Falcons throw it out there and say, okay, we'll give you five years, $250 million guaranteed, structured like this, that, and the third. And the Ravens are like, nope, we don't want to do that. We ain't going to match it. All we would have to do, and this is a big all, but all we would have to do is give up two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. And let's look at it like on, on a straight basis. And to secure a 25-year-old former MVP of the league, draft compensation of two first-round picks isn't all that much. Yeah. Like, realistically. I, I agree. I, would I say, agree. I'm not, I don't want to go that route. Like, I, I like. I'm putting, I'm, I'm letting that be known, but the logistics behind it, I could definitely see, you know, if the team is willing to do what the deal that he wants to do, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be the thing. Cause like, as Joe puts up here, it's fully guaranteed is a huge deal. This means, yeah. this, this means the team has no out at all. The Browns are on the hook for at least 55 million per season with Watson for the next four years. And Lamar wants more. Exactly. And that, I mean, if if you go, if you pay a, a quarterback, now I'm all for fully guaranteed contracts. My problem, and, and this is a problem of the NFL's making, completely of the NFL's making, uh, fully guaranteed contracts are good. They probably just need to tone down the per average, your per year average. Right, that or it needs to be shorter contracts. Like to yeah. me, the Kirk Cousins eighty-four million dollars fully guaranteed for three years was a smart deal. He got oh, yeah. he got his fully guaranteed money, mm-hmm. you know. And so, like to me, I thought that's the way things were going to start going. Yeah, and I then the Browns did the Browns and yeah. and you know guaranteed is that contract to you know. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, they completely just blew the bell curve on that. Oh, so, yeah. Bridget uh, says uh, that. Hey, Bridget. She said she'd bet on herself because she knows she's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are more. Yeah. You are one of the more confident people I know. Then because there you go. There I, you go. I would not bet on myself in that situation. I'd be like, how much money are you going to give me up front? <laughs> uh, we'll figure Walker out the rest of that later. <laughs> Michael Walker stopped in and said, "What's up, good people? What's going on? Michael? What's up, Michael?" We just uh, we over here just talking about Lily chopping it up. Uh, yep. And Shoot, let's you see. know what? Millie Mills says cap goes up every year, people, so it wouldn't hurt us that bad. Went up every year, but the COVID year. Now, yep. I will say this that is something to keep in mind. If I will say this, if they decide hypothetically to do whatever deal he wanted and give Lamar, I would feel like that they knew that they could still add to this team because they have to know that they're more than just a quarterback away. Like they have to, right? 
Yeah. Uh, like if me and you and the entire chat can look at it and say we're more than just a quarterback away. Like we don't have, you know, Patrick McQueen uh, or Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. You know, we don't have Marcus Peters, the players on the defensive side that Baltimore has that, you know, complements the offense. Uh, those things that, that we don't have that yet. And, you know, you could say, oh, well, Jr. we got the talent of Drake London and, and Kyle Pitts and uh, Tyler Algier and, and so on and so forth. And I agree with all that. Yeah, well, that is some good talent. But that talent's going to have to get paid here soon, too. Yep. So do you want to use the one of the better cheat codes in the league, which is a quarterback on a rookie deal? Like, do you want to use that to lock up some of these guys, structure the deals where they get a majority of their money while you're not paying a quarterback? Like, that can be a route you go, right? Yeah. So, and that's that, that's like that's I think with Fontenot's comments at the press conference where he's saying yes we're gonna go you know we're gonna go into this uh, paraphrasing here I, I don't have the exact right. paraphrasing is basically like yes we're gonna have all this money. Yes, we're going to be able to do do some things in free agency that we weren't able to do, uh, you know, the past two seasons. Uh, that's and we're we're definitely going to be be able to do a lot more things, but we still need to be disciplined, right? Like we can't we 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 don't want to go back to what we were before, right? Uh, when they when they first showed up. So honestly, like uh, my honest opinion is that I think, especially with you know what they uh, whatever they saw in practice and in the in the, uh, the the classrooms that they you know when they you know the the team rooms and then uh, the last four games of the season especially the last two uh, I think all of that put together they at least feel like for this upcoming season they want to, you know they feel like Ritter's on the on the come up and give them a full off season. Maybe bring in a vet guy to try to push him slash right. mentor him, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, but not bring in a Tannehill, a Carr, a Lamar, because any one of those yeah, three you guys. Bring you bring those guys in. They, they they're not they're not coming here unless you unless you guarantee they're starting. Right. Like why would they? Like why would yeah. Tannehill come here? Like why would yeah. why would Carr come here? Like yeah. you know, Carr has he's going to get traded and he has a uh, no trade clause. So, like, why would Carr come here if he's not going to be handed the keys? Exactly. Like, there's a good good chance that they're going. But I'll say this: the fact that Malik Willis didn't they the fact that Tennessee brought in Josh Dobbs to finish out their season instead of handing the keys to Malik Willis tells me that they might not be ready to move on from Tannehill just yet. Yeah. And so, those guys might not even be on. So you might be looking at Jacoby Brissett or, uh, you know. Uh, Gardner Minshew or maybe even Baker Mayfield, but heck Baker Mayfield's going to be looking for a starting job. He's yeah. going to feel like he played well enough for McVay to, you know, keep going. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, here. I, I just, I want to uh, bridge it here. I Which, see uh, it's the, the next to last uh, chat. One. Yeah. I could, uh, you know, as far as I'm assuming you're talking about like you know, picking up Lamar, as far as you could see them doing it though. 
uh, and you're, you know, I, I, I agree their jobs on the line, but, but I'm going to say this, uh, the thing I will disagree with is they, you know, they don't have much time. Honestly, I think, I think Arthur has wanted to do, that's why he gave Quinn so much leeway. Uh, and when a lot of people are like, he probably should have been fired the year before, or even the year before that or whatever. But I, I think Arthur, like, honestly, the clock, uh, on this rebuild starts now. Like the rebuild right. actually starts this off season. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think the past two seasons have been about, you know, if we get to the playoffs, great. That's way ahead of schedule. Uh, but the, I, I have a feeling that they're thinking like, this is, this is going to like, we're in this for the long haul. Um, and that's why you get the offensive coach so that right. if you do, you know, when you get things running right and you get that offense going to good, then you can, uh, you're not shipping off your your, you know, brain trust there. Uh, you're you're keeping that intact. But I th- I think this is the long haul. I think he, unless they absolutely completely, like almost like winless season. Right. I yeah, maybe, I think I could maybe see a winless season. But if he's like seven and ten and eight and nine, nine and eight for like two more seasons, I think he's perfectly fine. I think honest. I think depending on what they do in the offseason, like you, especially with the state of the NFC South, uh, I think that you feel like you want to be not finishing at the bottom of the of the division uh, like you did this year. Like, you know, you got to start beating New Orleans uh, on a regular basis, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and I think because you build your team to beat your division. And right now, uh, you know, the division is wide open. So I, I really do feel like that they should be even more so like truly contending for the division. Like the reason why you were contending this past year is because Tom Brady finally made it to 45. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Like nobody came into this year thinking that you were going to contend for the division. You know, not after, uh, you know, Byron Leftwich was getting consideration for head coaching jobs because how well the offense played a year before. Like Brady was still looking like top of the league, all that jazz. Uh, somebody's asking, is this live? Yes, it is live. Yes. Um, <laughs> I hope everything's looking okay because we've been going at this thing for an hour and ain't nobody said that everything is going south. So we're going to just uh, assume that it is. Um, anyway, so. I will say that at the at the end of next season, or like next season, you really need to be in the thick of it, like truly in the thick of it. Yeah. Uh, and like that, that's my my thoughts there. But before we can get there, I mean, we need to like we need to still need to hire a DC, right? Uh, yep. That that spot's still wide open. Uh, We're hiring Brian, Brian Flores, right? Well, that's see, here, like, like, but here's the deal, right? Like you talk about with Flores, like. Do you want to hire a guy that like ultimately has aspirations that's also getting head coaching stuff? Like head yes. coaching interviews. You know, do you think like you hire Flores? Now, to me, it makes sense because he comes from that Bill of Belichick tree. This, you know, same deal, like like the it shouldn't be that much of a a shift to go from Pease to Flores as far as schematics, I wouldn't think. But like, do you think it's he would be a one and done? You know, like if he comes in, turns the the defense around. Now he's high, like he's interviewing for head coaching jobs again, and then you'd be right back in the DC search. 
Uh, I don't know. It's good. Like, like Flores is at one of the, like one of the tops of my list. My, my top guy got hired today by uh, the Cleveland Browns. Jim, Jim Schwartz. Schwartz. You know, that oh, was I wanted him I, so bad. Right. That was a guy I really wanted. Um, so I, I think like, like that was the one that I was hoping for, but then you have the DC of, uh, the Broncos who the Broncos blocked us from interviewing him, mm-hmm. but they can't block him from you know, head coaching interviews, but they blocked him from, from interviewing with us for a lateral move until they get their head coach in place. And I'll be interested to see if we are in a holding pattern until we can interview him. Yeah. And that that's a possibility because like, I know that he is very highly thought of, uh, you know, as a defensive mind. And, but what I, one of the things I read was that like her, you know, in, an insider, I can't remember who it was, but an insider was basically like, he does, he does not want to be in Denver. Anymore. Right. Yeah. I, I've you heard know. that, that he don't want to be in Denver anymore. And I think it's a deal of, well, maybe depending on who we hire, you know, that might change his mind or whatever. But that marks the second time that the Broncos have blocked us from interviewing somebody. Uh, they blocked us from Kubiak before he went to the Vikings uh, after yep. Shanahan left. Yep. Millie Mills says, JR, what about Aaron Glenn, D.C. from Detroit? Well, that would be a lateral move, and I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I like him, but I don't think he's going to go anywhere. So that's why I, I think I, cause I think the only one that we so far I could be wrong. I, I haven't uh-huh. been super duper duper following uh, like with every detail, but I think the only guy that we've asked to, uh, as a lateral move has been Evero. Right, Evero is the like that's the lateral move. Flores would be an upgrade. Uh, Jerry Gary, I think is his name. Uh, Jerry Gray. Gray. Okay. 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 Because I kind of chuckled when I said Jerry Gray in my head. I was like, please don't. <laughs> so if that's the case, I'm going to make fun of this man relentlessly just for his name. Anyway, so Jerry Gray uh, is the passing game coordinator for the uh, Broncos. I think he had been a previous DC. Um, <coughs> there was an assistant, like linebackers coach or some of that from New Orleans, uh, D line coach. Uh, I can't remember yeah, his, yeah, his I, I, I saw that pop up too. Uh, so yeah, like I said, I can't remember his name. Uh, and Fred then Butts, there's the I'm gonna, DC t- I'm gonna tell you, from, Fred Butts, I'm gonna tell you, uh, no Rex Ryan. No, nah, yeah, I, I think Rex is he, he's happy on the set of ESPN, bro. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, Al Holcomb, the Panthers interim defensive coordinator when Wilkes took over. Uh, he is uh, somebody that we have requested an interview with. Uh, oh, you got your, your air horn ready? Yep. Uh, Dre Harrison tipped us $10. <laughs> might have to get a button or something. Anyway, he says, checking <laughs> for Lamar would be a Dimitrov move. Uh, T, uh, TF and AS seem to actually have a vision on what they want this team to be. Lamar equals uh, cap hell in two years, the loss of uh, London and Pitts. That's a possibility. Obviously depends on how it gets structured, things of that nature. But I really feel like a Lamar, yeah, I agree. Like that feels like, oh, we're one player away. That was like Dimitrov's mentality all the time. Oh, we're one player away. No, we're not. 
We're not one player away. Not right now, we're not. Um, like, would Lamar make us a, a, a instant, like, contender in the NFC South? Yes. But I don't like, with the way the roster is constructed, unless these guys, like, make major leaps, like, you'd be looking at probably a one or two and done in the playoffs. So, like, I think they want to build something more sustainable. Um, yep. Let's see. Somebody just uh, – let's see. Sip Thaw says, did Legend of Flazer get signed or is he still on the bills till the end of the season? I'm not sure about his contract situation. Um, I mean, if he, he's, he, he's the current D.C., right? Yeah, he is the current D.C. And I don't okay. see any reason why uh, Sean McDermott wouldn't bring him back. Um, yeah. Wallace said – and if they're as long as they're still in there, then uh, in the playoffs, right. then you know it is what right. It is. Uh, Wallace Smith says Rex Ryan is not coming back to be a DC. I, I kind of feel that way too. If he were to, if he were to come back, it would be as a head coach, and that would be about it. Yep. Uh, Isaac says it's Nielsen from New Orleans. It, yep. Yeah, Nielsen is the guy's yep. name. That was now. Yep. Here's an interesting one that Josh Gillum brings up. It's Lovey Smith. Uh, we were already running a lot of cover two this past year uh, with the roster that we have in place. Uh, so, like, are you wanting, like, is it a deal where Arthur Smith, like, hey, look, I want a DC that I don't have to micromanage. And if that's the case, Lovey Smith definitely fits that bill. You know, he fits a bill that you can, install him as the DC and let him have it and let him move on. Same thing. Uh, now granted he's been tied to Sean Payton, but same thing with Fangio. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you were to get, uh, you know, Fangio and Alberto mentions uh, Wilkes, if Wilkes doesn't end up keeping the head coaching job at Panthers, like I wouldn't mind him as a DC. I know Fred's like, hell no, but, yeah. <laughs> they're 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 uh that, def- that defense, defense is looking good yeah uh i will say this uh with with what he's been able to do in a in the capacity of a uh interim head coach i could very in you know i could very easily see him trying to go for head coaching positions as well uh, if he doesn't end up in in uh in carolina yeah, and I really, honestly, I think like I think he would be a smart play in Carolina myself. Um, yeah. But it just all depends on what David Tepper wants. You know, does he uh, does he think Wilkes is the guy to get the most out of a young quarterback? And does he finally draft it like a like real young quarterback, so to speak? Like you could say that. I mean, they drafted Matt Corral, so do they think that's the uh, you know, that that's the quarterback of their future or they're in play to potentially draft, a, you know, a Bryce Young or something of that nature, whoever the third or fourth quarterback is left. Um, Nick, uh, Nick has a point. Like the, the talent makes the scheme better. Yeah. Yep. Like you can have the greatest scheme in the world, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, you got to have the talent. To, I mean, you look at – you. you I mean, you look at Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, yeah, he was the head coach here, but he was heavily involved in the defense. Yep. Okay. The defense never quite – and the closest we got was obviously 2016, probably 2017. The defense, I think, was actually better in – twenty overall, uh, better in 2017. Yep. 
And uh, even then, we were never like super like statistically great or whatever. He goes to Dallas, and he's got some serious talent in Dallas. Serious talent. And with that talent, <clears throat> same guy. And the same thing when he was in Seattle. He runs the same exact defense, but he has the talent. Right, he's got the horses and, and, to run it. Right, and that if you got the horses to run it, it looks a lot better. Right. <laughs> yep. No, you're exactly right. Uh, Bradley asks us the questions. He says, "I want the Falcons to pursue a right tackle this offseason. Uh, do you see anyone in free agency or the draft that you like? Free agency. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's like to me in free agency, it's what Josh says. It's resign McGarry. Like honestly." Yep. Uh, like he's been a year in your system. He knows what to expect. He knows what you want done. And like you can, we can figure out how to structure his deal one way or the other, but free agent wise, I would say McGarry. If you don't want to resign McGarry, uh, Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Uh, he played, uh, one year left tackle, uh, this past year, right tackle. Like he's a guy that has really caught my, eye. like, the edge rushers that you might be salivating for in the all in the draft, you know, guys like Will Anderson and guys like BJ Ojolari, he he shut those guys down completely when they play. Like, and he is a like real good uh tackle prospect. So as far as like like he might even be like a first round tackle prospect. We'll see how it all like plays out as we start to get this draft season really rolling. But uh Darnell Wright is at the like a high on my list as far as uh like tackles go if we don't sign uh McGarry. Free agent wise, have you looked into tackles at all, John? No, but I like I I am of the opinion that I feel like McGarry is coming into his own. Right. I, I feel like he's he's on the up, you know, he, he's on the upslope of his career right now. Uh he is uh you know 90% plus time of the time he's a road grader in run blocking uh, him and Lindstrom over there together are just like, I've literally sat and watched this run behind those two guys three or four times in a row and get good yardage every single time. Right. Um, and so I think that, you know, you, you, you have something in McGarry that I think, uh, cause I think he's, if not the highest, he's like, he's up there. Depends on how, what you, how much stock you put into PFF. But he's like one of the highest rated right tackles in the league per PFF. Right. Like one yeah, of can, the highest. So yeah, you could take PFF with a grain of salt, but in their own metrics, he's one of their best. So yes, that's, that was know, I was saying. So right. And, and but, that's, but, that's but, one of the deals. So he's he's also a known commodity, right? We we know what he can we know what he can do. We know what he's working on. We know what he's like, and we and they they will have seen this year like the things that he's doing to become better and they see the progress with that. And if they like that and they feel like that's a sustainable thing for him to do. And it's not just, he just happened to play good this year. And it's like, but we don't know how that happened. We don't see it happening. It just happened. Then yeah, maybe that's a situation where the guys, you know, uh, just decided to turn it on so he can get paid and then go back to being a no, uh, no good guy. And, And that could happen either way. But I think, McGarry is the guy because I think he's going to get better and better at pass blocking. He's already great at run blocking. And if you really want to run the football, that's the guy to get. And and like 
like beyond like regardless of what you really think about him in a sense like tackles and offensive linemen are one of the few positions that get better as they age so to speak because it becomes more about the nuances and and all that jazz uh so you know if you feel like if the coaching staff especially Dwayne Ledford who's done an amazing job this year uh, like the run, the schematic helps with the run game. They still got beat a lot in, in pass pro. Um, but, you know, if you feel like, hey, we were making progress, then, you know, there's a, uh, there's something there that you, uh, that you, you know, you may not give up on. You might, like, he might be like a franchise candidate, like a franchise tag for a year and see if he can do it again. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I know that they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, and they have ultimately said all the way around that the only two positions that are locked in were Lindstrom and Jake Matthews. Like, they've they've been pretty open about that aspect of it. So, but I still think that it's a little too early just to give up on McGarry. If you don't believe me, go talk to Washington fans about Wes Schweitzer. Like, he has been a stalwart on that line. Yep. So, you know, that's, that's, and, just, yeah. And offensive line is weird like that. Like you could have a guy that just for whatever reason plays for us or any team uh, and just stinks it up, looks bad. Uh, but the, the problem with that is the offensive line more than any other, you know, th- those guys have to play together as a unit. Um, and if they don't, then everybody looks bad. Right. Uh, yep. so a guy that you're like, oh, that guy's a turnstile. What's it? And then he goes, who, who was it? Uh, Ty Sombrello, Sombrello. Uh, the guy came, was here. He was at Denver, was a turnstile there. Came here, he was a, he was okay. He's a little bit better, but he's still pretty much a turnstile here. And then he went out to San Francisco in the oh. first, uh, he went to Tennessee. Oh, he went to Tennessee. And then with, they like, with guess who? With Arthur who? Smith. Arthur Smith. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, like Arthur Smith, like took Ty Sombrello and turned him into a quality, you know, offensive lineman. So, you know, like I said, if if they feel like they can get him for a decent price or whatever they're comfortable with, you know, bring him back, franchise him, see if he can do it again for another year. But if they let him walk off, uh, there's some chatter in the uh, chat going on talking about moving Jake Matthews to right tackle. Not moving. No. He has been ten plus years. I know he played right tackle in college. I know he did. He played uh, majority of his college career at right tackle. His senior year, he went over to the left side. But he has been a left tackle in his league, in this league for over a decade. Yeah, like you're not you're not going to move him to right tackle. And plus, and and, he, and, and, it, and it's not like it's not like he he's been a bad left tackle. He's no. been at worst. He's been uh, above average. Above average, exactly. And, and uh, you know, and some, and there, are, uh, there have been years where he's been really, really like one of the top left tackles yep. in the league. And so, like, like to me, if you're going to move on from McGarry, then it's like because you feel like. But then again, you do that, and they pigeonhole themselves into having to draft a tackle. And at least these past two years, it seems like they're not necessarily wanting to have to go in the draft, having to draft something like it's BPA for them. And so yep. that's an interesting, like we clamor for years with Dimitrov about getting a BPA going BPA. Well, now you finally have a GM that is truly BPA. 
Yep. You know, so um, let's see. Joe says uh, tackles get paid because they're on an island of Pashbro and the O-line slides away from them. It's not for run blocking, not highly paid tackles in this league. Uh, it's a That's bad at Pashbro. It depends on what this coaching staff is looking for. If you're passing 20 to 30 times a game at most, but you're running it, then maybe you want the road grader. Maybe for you, the road grader is what you need. So it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out. We're going to continue talking about how it's going to play out. Um, I want to take a second early. uh, I don't know if he's still in chat. I kind of hope he is. But uh, Jarek Butler uh, did me me a super solid because he knows I'm heading down to the senior bowl. And he he cashed at me a a tank of gas (laughs) to get down there, which I thought was absolutely uh, awesome and amazing. And I figure, you know, if any of y'all want to do the same, you don't have to just throwing it out there. Cause you know, gas is expensive, <laughs> 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 but, uh, uh, if you, if any of y'all want to do the same, it's kind of like the same deal. Like if you tip us on here, I'm going to read your question. He tipped me on cash apps. So I want to call him out and, you know, because I very much appreciated it. Uh, I meant to do it earlier when he had commented, but the conversation was, was rolling and moving. Um, so I want to straight up and down say, you know, thank you to Jarek Butler for, uh, you know, sending me that and be much, much helpful and much, much appreciated. Let's see. We've covered the DCs. We've talked a little bit about free agent. Is there any like, like free agent, like right off the rib you can think of that you're like, we got to bring this guy back. Is there anybody oh, the, that, that, that we've got to bring this guy back, back, like, like a dude who's on like one of the one year guys who we've brought in like a Rashawn Evans or Lorenzo Carter or, you know, Cradell Hodge, uh, you know, I mean, any of, of those, of guys, those like, like of those, those guys, guys, I, I, Rashad Evans, Rashad Evans. Yeah. Yeah. I think Rashad Evans is the guy because he's, uh, you know, he leads the team in tackles and I think he's like number five in the NFL in tackles. Um, we saw for the most part, the defense, like once he became the mic, um, like we started to see the, the defense trending a little bit better. Right. Uh, people were getting in position better. Now, sometimes they weren't always making the tackles. They weren't making the plays when they were, but they were in position to make the plays. And, uh, and like at at the end of the year, I thought, I don't think, like we went a good chunk of the the end of the season, like last five six games or whatever, we didn't give up more than like twenty one points a game. Right. Um, right. And you can say like, oh well, we had this team, we had that team. You know, their offense was this and their offense was that. I've seen plenty of times where we had third string a Brock Purdy type. Obviously, Brock Purdy's looked like he probably should. Well, you can use Skylar Thompson. Skylar you know. Thompson, but we've but we've seen we've seen how many times we've we seen a no name guy come into Atlanta with no weapons and then come out of here with like 35 points. Right. How many times we do we see that? And we're like, how and why? What? You know, <laughs> and, and so for him, for him to have multiple times in, in this last stretch of the season where, you know, including with Mariota, you know, pre and post the benching, we saw the defense for the most part held up their end of the bargain in, in keeping teams, uh, you know, point totals low enough that we should be winning those games if we have a uh, you know a, a halfway de- decent offense, which right. you know 
if we start Ritter earlier, maybe we do, maybe we don't, who knows. But at the end of the day, uh, the defense, I think, for the most part, and Dean Pease, you know, uh, said, you know, he feels like the defense was uh, was very much trending in the right direction. Um, and he he's, you know, he's proud of what the guys have been able to do. And he's he's he looks forward to see like what they're going to do, you know, going forward. Uh, and I agree. Yeah, no, I, I am definitely interested to see what ends up transpiring. Uh, like defensively, who we hire or like who they decide to bring back. Because I know once Pease left uh, Tennessee, like Rashawn Evans' play kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, so, you know, was it Pease that was able to get the best out of Evans, like not asking him to do a ton of coverage or what have you, you know, basically just asking him to come downhill? Uh, who knows? So it's going to be interesting to see who the DC is. But, uh, you know, a guy that I would like to bring back, for the right price, and you're going to hear that that phrase a lot out of me. Uh, for the right price, I'd like to bring back Carter. Uh, yeah, because I think he could be a nice rotational piece. Um, you know, uh, helping helping guys like Ebiketti and Malone come along. Uh, but you know, he could be looking for a decent payday. And again, it's going to be like who you bringing in, and are they going to be able to get the good out of you know these guys? Uh, yeah, but so, but also he may look he may be looking for a payday, but it, you know he had I think he had even less sacks than he did when he was with yeah, the, the previous year. Yeah, so uh, it's not it's not like his total production has made his you know his ticket just skyrocket as far right. as price tag. And so. like uh, Lamade Zagias, as long as he isn't like getting thirty million dollars a year kind of deal. Uh, because I don't think he's necessarily worth that, at least not in this offense, not when Kyle Dude. Pitts comes back. But there, the last two games, uh, you know, Ritter was starting to get some rapport uh, with him, and I think he can be a good, you know, third, fourth option. Yep. So, uh, like, high on my list is, you know, depending on how you want to do the deal, is, uh, you know, McGarry, Evans, uh, Alameda, and probably uh, Carter, Again, all for the right prices, but I think every one of those, outside of maybe McGarry, I think you could easily upgrade those positions with, you know, other players, like guys like you know they're talking about like Jacoby Myers in the uh, chat, like those guys are gonna I think gonna be commanding, like wide receiver two type money, and I don't know if we're really necessarily looking to pay wide receiver two, if that makes any sense. Because your main two options coming back are going to be Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. Like with the way you run the ball, if you keep that up, how much, uh, uh, you know, how much, how many targets do you really have? And this is the guy I always forget about, Dre Harrison. You're know, bringing up Isaiah Oliver. I think Isaiah Oliver. When did they sign him to a two-year deal, or was it a one? I am not sure. I'd have to, I'll have to, I'll have to dig into that. Something tells me because anytime I go look at free agent stuff, like on these like simulators and things like that, his name is never there. So it makes yeah. me wonder if there's like a team option kind of, uh, kind of deal for us for this upcoming year. But if not, he is definitely a guy that needs to come back. Like, yeah. uh, if you're going to run that same, like, you know, creeper style defense, um, like he's, he's a linchpin for that. Uh, but again, like without P's here, it's going to be real interesting to see what a new DC values. Uh, 
Because if a new DC yep. don't value these style, these style of uh, you know player that Isaiah Oliver is, then maybe he doesn't get brought back. Uh, both both Bradley and Tony are saying it was a one year deal uh, for Isaiah Oliver. So, okay. <clears throat> like I said, it's it's a deal of like what does this new DC value? What is he going to value? Uh, but we'll have those questions answered once we get one, right? Uh, so, but my man, we have bumped up over an hour talking football on a, on a day where uh, the Falcons didn't even play. So I, know. I think that's a positive. We're gonna that's go a very po- big, big one. So go I'm going to go ahead and try to shut this thing down. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us. I got our uh, Twitter handles on the screen. Uh, I am at Grim eleven twenty eight. Look at that! All right, Jonathan is at Jonathan uh, M Holder. Uh, you yep. can hit us up on Twitter. I definitely love interacting with people. Um, keep your eye on the channel as always, because like we're putting out different uh, different things. Whether it's interviews with Eric Robinson, who was gracious enough to come on and spend time talking about the season. To, it was an awesome conversation. Yeah, to like we're gonna have other guys. Like I got draft guys lined up. I got things that are definitely gonna be coming down the uh, pipeline. Uh, yes, very much hit that like button if y'all are, if y'all are willing. That would be awesome. Yes. That helps us out. So uh, sus- subscribe, like. Yep, yep. Subscribe if you're not. That helps us out greatly. Um, all the links are in the bio if you want anything. Uh, and yeah, man, as always, Falcons fans, like rise Rook, up, Rook, Rook, no, real quick. Yeah, Nick. What you got? Nick, I, I, I could, I could get down with uh, the wide receiver from TCU. No doubt, no doubt. You got that, and then another one is like talking about uh, Jordan Addison out of USC. That's a, uh, I don't know, I don't know how this uh, fan base would handle drafting a third pass catcher because both those guys are going to be first round talents. Uh, yep. And so that would make a third year in a row. So we'll see how all this shakes out. Um, but yeah, man. Bijan Robinson. That's right. That's right. That's gonna be here. <laughs> and we'll be uh we'll be back next Tuesday. Like I said, we're we're doing a little bit different uh this year, this offseason. We're not gonna have two weeks off or you know, a week or so off in between streams. We'll be here every week. So y'all just come on back and we'll keep talking yep. ball. And thanks, Bradley. Uh yep. thanks for helping out uh yep. modding. That's it. That's it. I appreciate that greatly, Bradley. And I'm going to get that uh, StreamYard thing completely shut down. I blocked it, so hopefully you didn't have any more problems with it, and I'm going to get it canceled completely. So, appreciate y'all, and as always, Falcons fans, rise up. Rise up!